This is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hello everyone, uh, Paul Cochran here, 865-770-5031. This is uh, Making Finances Easier. Uh, we are with Providence Advisors Group. This is a company that I uh, founded and uh, continue to lead. Uh, gosh, I actually got my practice going back in 1993. I'm getting old. 30 Garrett. years. Yeah. We haven't talked about that, but that's a big anniversary for yeah, Providence. Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm joined with my friend and colleague, uh, my workmate, uh, Garrett Crawford. Garrett, how are you doing so far this this fun day so far so good uh when we're recording it's the first day of summer although it feels like a monsoon season so yeah yeah i tell you um as a cyclist i i really like when it gets light early and uh of course i go to bed at, when it's still light outside uh we had an elders meeting last night and man uh it didn't end until like 30 minutes after my bedtime. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing for our kids. Anybody with small kids knows this, but they don't like the summer because they're like, Dad, it's still light outside. Our six or five-and-a-half-year-old son, uh, he, uh, we, we used to put him in bed sometime around 8.30, and this time of year really is throwing him for a loop this year. He's like, no, no, <laughs> no, this is not the time to go upstairs. It's yeah. still light outside. You know, buddy, it's it's – just trust us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I really, particularly when it gets hot outside, I just really love those daybreak rides when I can get out there early before work and ride my bike a little bit. But hey, trivia question. So what would you say would be a favorite, doesn't have to be the favorite, but in this season, maybe a favorite date night restaurant? That, uh, you know, it's obviously obviously changed through the years, but uh, as you mentioned it, uh, we're kind of in a new era where we uh, we have to be pretty particular with where we eat. Uh, our kids have a couple food allergies, and my wife, uh, I don't know if she has a gluten allergy, but she definitely does better when she doesn't have gluten in her diet. And, uh, you know, I guess... Maybe I'm a kid of the 90s, but I love my gluten, and all my favorite <laughs> restaurants serve lots of gluten. Uh, so it's it's interesting finding a spot for both of us right now uh, where we both enjoy the mm -hmm. food and, you know, date nights about the company, but still I'd like to have something tasty. Uh, but, you know, Eva has become, just based on where we live out here in West Knoxville, they put a, built a new Donato's restaurant uh, at the intersection of, what is that, Paul Westland and Ebenezer. Ebenezer. Uh -huh. uh, it's right by that K-Brew. And it kind of looks like your everyday fast food place from the street. But she really likes their cauliflower crust. And I think she gets something called like a margarita pizza. And so she'll get like the personal pan pizza. And then sometimes I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go around and find my restaurant. The other day I went to Zoo Garden 
one of my favorite Chinese takeout places. Sometimes we'll go to Soccer Taco. Uh, I would say another one that I really feel like is a gym in the rough that uh, I, I wish we'd go to more, but it's just kind of a little out of the way for us. Is uh, it's Brown Bag out in Hardin Valley? Yeah, uh, I know they're building a new restaurant. I guess it's right across the parking lot. But even I've been there a few times, and if it was over here in West Knoxville, I think that would be a go-to staple for us. Uh, but great little company. We look forward when they move into their new building to go try it out. But yeah. Brown Bag. Yeah, we've got no shortage of good restaurants around here, that's for sure. What about you, Paul? Well, you know, um, you hit on, on several things. You know, one is, are we going to, uh, uh, you know, what kind of date is it? Is it a special occasion or just a run-of-the-mill? I think uh, two of the last dates we had, we, we just really enjoyed going to Abridged. The new abridged on Parkside. I haven't been there. Uh, we got there early enough to beat the crowd. I think we were there sometime between four and five, and uh, so we were able to, uh, you know, have a have a beer, and they have a just a great burger, and and uh, and just be able to sit and visit. It was uh, just really enjoyable. If it's a nicer occasion, you know, there are other places uh, that are fun, but. But yeah, I'd say abridged for now. It's a that that new one off Parkside. Oh, cool. Yeah. So today, you know, it's something that that happens very, very often. It seems like, um, and that is, uh, a couple will come in, and one of them has been had more of a focus on the finances, and for whatever reason, whether it's age or, and, and a lot of times it is an aging situation, uh, or they're just tired of doing it or whatever, uh, they want us to get involved. Why is, it's almost like a contingency plan. So if something happened were to happen to one of them, they know the survivor might be in a pickle if it was if the one that, that does the finances dies they mm-hmm. would, they would want to have some professional you know assistance as they go forward and uh, you know w- without even trying you know you and I can think of a half a dozen people here that we've visited with here in the last several months and and that's kind of been the case so um, do you think that's a legitimate reason to go see a financial advisor? Uh, yeah, I do. I think a lot of times that we're the clients that are coming on board and want our help, they really are wanting help. They may not feel uh, confident, <laughs> adequate to to manage finances that they've spent a lifetime saving for, and they're they're looking for a sounding board, but. I think sometimes this second crop of clients where they, they come to us later in retirement, they were people that at one point in their life they enjoyed doing it themselves, they felt capable of doing it themselves. They're probably still on the fringe of still feeling capable of doing it themselves, but um, they probably are beginning to sense, you know, it's just a lot to keep up with. And the older I get, the more I'm aware that, you know, I'm not going to live forever. And what the system that I've built over decades to have a framework of how to uh, keep our monthly income going from investments, I'm not so sure that my spouse is up to speed Mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, 
unfortunately, for some clients, that will happen, and they'll come to us after a spouse has passed, and they'll say, boy, I have no idea what he or she was doing. Uh, yeah. On average, stereotypically, it's usually the male that dies first, and the the remaining spouse will come in and I don't know what he was doing. I need mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he was doing a great job. Maybe he was doing mm-hmm. a bad job. I mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know this is something that I can't do. And, uh, you know, I also think there, there's going to be remaining spouses out there that are perfectly <laughs> equipped to do it. But I do think age is kind of like gravity. Eventually, you know, it's going to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if you haven't done that, at a prior season in life, having someone that you can trust uh, help you with that is a really good thing. And so, you know, I, I think people often can go a couple different directions here, and I think we'll probably focus on one, but one might get a child involved mm. to help them uh, manage mm-hmm. uh, remaining spouses' finances. Hopefully, my son or daughter can do that. But there's going to be a whole crop of people, even in that bubble, that would like to delegate, you know, some of the the help and responsibility to the child. To they just don't have that relationship that mm-hmm. they trust, mm-hmm. and so I think that's where we 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 come into the picture. And I can think of a few here recently where, uh, you know, they they're just for they have foresight, they're planning ahead, and they know that they can't do it forever. So let's start that process now, and. Uh, you know, I, I think the the ones that come on board, there's usually, there's usually a sigh of relief from the the other spouse. Yeah. Uh, that I'm glad that this I'm glad that he or she is telling you all this because I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a that's a really good thing. Eight six five seven seven zero five zero three one. Making finances easier. Uh, is the name of our show and you can go to makingfinanceseasier.com and find out more about us that'll get you to our website uh, providenceadvisors.com uh, I've got another question I'll throw it out to you and then maybe I can respond but uh, Paul in all your years of helping let's, let's talk married couples for a second uh, how many of those married couples have had the same risk tolerance for their investments. So mm. husband and wife mm. on the same page, do most married couples do that? Do they not? And how would that weave into this transition of finances when when maybe at a you know kind of wiring heart level, they just feel very differently about uh, what their finances should be doing? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I first came across that in spades back in the early 90s when I was actively marketing long-term care insurance. And I was really on a mission, uh, partly because of what we'd gone through with my own grandmother and how difficult it was. And uh, I just realized, man, it, uh, it, you either need to have enough money to pay for it, figure out, uh, um, uh, or you need to have a you know, a long-term care plan. Uh, so back then I was telling people that, you know, you don't have to buy insurance, but we, you, you better have a plan to figure out how to pay for this. Well, then it would always come down when I, when it was a husband and a wife, one of them would be more concerned about that than the other one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
it wouldn't always be, uh, you know, the wife wouldn't, you know, wouldn't always be the husband, but one of them would be like, oh, well, it was almost like, you know, that joke we have where denial is more than just a river in Egypt, you yeah. know, they were just den- denying the risk, you know, that'll just never happen to me and that type of thing. And which incidentally, listeners, that's a horrible plan to plan that you just won't need care. Uh, oh, well, I'm healthy and I, I work out and blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a bad plan. Um, but then the, the, the other one is like, you know, I, I don't want to go through that. You know, I, I want to be able to make sure that we have the resources. So, you know, the government's not telling us what to do. Or, or the bigger problem, you know, people are wanting to maintain their independence. But the bigger problem is if I've saved up money and I have to spend that money and my wife lives 10 years longer, say, well, she can be in a world of hurt. Uh, because you know she doesn't have it, uh, have the resource to, to generate the income. So, in answer to your question, um, uh, almost without exception, one spouse is more risk averse than the other. So, I started seeing it first in the long-term care industry back in the early '90s, and then when I began doing uh, you know more financial planning and investments. I saw it, it had a little different spin because then it came into, uh, they both might have uh, an aversion to risk, an aversion to loss, but it'd be at different levels. And so the, the, the key would be to make sure that the asset allocation would be satisfactory for both of them. Mm -hmm. Which is challenging. Yeah, it is. Um, one of the things, too, going a, a little different thing, but I was just thinking about it when you were describing uh, these couples, and that is um, I think it's a, it's a real mistake, uh, and this, is, this might sound self-serving, and I guess in one sense it is, but even if you don't use us, you know, that's fine, whatever. Um, but I think some people, you know, get stuck on, well, hey, I've been doing it myself all these years. Why do I want to pay somebody else 1%, you know, which would be you know, the average fee that we would charge? We have you know, clients that are in excess of $3 million. You know, we start mm-hmm. dropping below that. We have some clients that are under 500000 where it's more than that. Yeah, sure. but, but that 1% is kind of a, a normal. So they'll do the math and uh, 1%, and, and they'll think, oh, I'm paying them that much. And... Uh, you know, I was thinking about this this morning that, um, again, it sounds self-serving, but really that's the wrong question to ask. My experience is between your expertise and my expertise and the way that we can trim away at the corners, whether it be a Social Security uh, issue, a tax uh, issue, uh, an allocation uh, issue, an, an income strategy. There are a myriad of ways that we can pay, for, that we can make it so that that one percent is 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 a pittance. It, in, in fact, we more than pay for ourselves. Uh, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I guess I would say um, that it, it's it's easy to focus on 
everything's an equation. You know, how do I, how do I get more? (laughs) And I I think you're right that sometimes we're asking the wrong questions, especially when there's a relationship involved. And it's, it's, it's not so much a optimization of future internal rate of return, although that, you know, that's what we strive for in our services. And we're, you know, just like you said, we're, we're aiming to surpass our fee, but the bigger picture, you know, if I if I'm in that situation, I, I love my wife. <laughs> my wife loves me, but uh, have 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 you and your spouse talked about what would happen if something happened to you, and would they feel comfortable uh, making financial decisions to keep their income going? And I guess where I was going with that question is uh, that. If, if you die, your spouse, I would say statistically on average, will not manage the money the same way that you would have. In fact, our industry would say that for married clients, when one spouse passes, especially if they have a very passive advisor relationship where maybe one has done all the talking and there's not really a tightly integrated relationship with an advisor, that remaining spouse has no hesitation finding somebody that will listen to what they want to do, right? Uh, because they're they're kind of tired of uh, maybe not tired, but their uh, their heart with their finances is very different than a than a former spouse's. And so I I, I just I'm thinking about one of our clients. The husband passed away a couple of years ago, and uh, he w- he just had everything organized. All his eyes were dotted, his T's were crossed, and you know he kind of manned uh, the decisions. But when he passed away of a you know a good old age, his wife had to step in and start making decisions. And I think they're very different than what he would have done. But she's delightful. Uh, she is one of our favorite clients, and uh, you know I, I love seeing her kind of empowered mm-hmm. and making decisions in a different way mm-hmm. than her late husband mm-hmm. one. I don't mm-hmm. think either one of them are wrong. In fact, we had conversations with both of them. But mm-hmm. uh, I think to think that your remaining spouse is going to do things exactly the way you would. Uh, you're probably uh, overconfident in that because our experience would tell us otherwise. 865-770-5031, makingfinanceseasier.com. If you'll give us a call, we'd be glad to uh, uh, have a visit with you about, uh, you know, any of these issues. So, Garrett, when, um, when you meet with someone and let's say they've told you at the very beginning that the reason they're here is they want to make sure that the surviving spouse is not in a pickle. Yeah. Um, where would you start with a client like that? What, what, what are kind of your step one and step two initially when you first meet them and they, that's the really the first thing out of their mouth? Um, where, where do you think you'd go after that? Uh, it probably goes unsaid, but uh, I I want both spouses in the room. <laughs> and so if one spouse is asking that and the other spouse isn't in the room, uh, we need a joint conversation there right. first because any private conversation is going against the momentum of where we need to be going. So uh, I guess 
un- underneath all that, I-, I want it to be a joint conversation, both spouses present and both spouses being able to hear the answer. But beyond that, you know, I- I- I'm not going to start uh, with with necessarily investments or taxes. I'm going to be asking about guaranteed income they already have coming in and, you know, some people that are in their 80s now are still part of that pension generation. Yeah. And so I'd start with, is there a pension yeah. uh, at play? Do you have one? And I think usually over half the time there is from some company. And we'd want to make sure that they selected the right option with their pension. Too, I say too many times because really one time is too many. Uh, but we've had plenty of times through the years that I've been here, the decade, where a spouse has just taken a single life, 100% pension amount. It was the highest amount available to them, but if they die, the remaining spouse gets no- nothing. And so that that's a big challenge to work around, especially yeah. if somebody's later in life and you know we can't qualify for life insurance or something like that. But we'd be looking at pension first. Uh, I'm probably gonna look at their social security benefits and make sure that they understand how that income is set up at the event that either spouse dies. Do they understand what will be stuck around for the remaining spouse? And, you know, it'd be, it'd be tempting to get even into investments or savings at that point, but we need to have kind of an individual conversation of, you know, if something happened to your spouse, how much money do you think it would take for you to be able to to live and do the things that you want to do? and you know, some couples think, well, I just need 50% of what I had before my spouse uh, died. And I don't necessarily think that's true. It's usually a lot higher than 50%. And uh, I, I think getting a ballpark answer then and then moving to, you know, how much do you have saved and uh, how can we generate income efficiently, tax efficiently. And then we kind of talk about the surprise on the back end, depending on where your income level is, is that when one spouse dies, that means the remaining spouse becomes an individual tax filer. And so that can that can hurt for some people Boy, it does. that have all traditional IRA investments. Well, I know as I meet with uh, couples like that, I, I really want to kind of find out a little bit about their kind of financial history, what's worked, what hasn't worked. I want to understand those biases and prejudices, uh, if any, that they have so that I can see that, you know, what maybe the hot buttons are. Yeah, sure. And, uh, Paul, I think think that's probably a good place to stop today. Uh, I was also going to make a quick announcement here at the end, uh, kind of an unrelated topic, but still just as important as Medicare. And uh, Bruce and Ben are going to be doing a Medicare workshop on Tuesday, June 27th at the Blunt County Public Library from 6 to 7 p.m. And uh, they've already got quite a few people that are registered. They've got a few spots left. But I think, uh, you know, you could even call our number here, 865-770-5031, and you can RSVP that way if you want to make sure you have a seat. Or you could probably just show up uh, and, and get in, too. But Blunt County Public Library, they've got a workshop, Making Medicare Easier. And I know for you and I, when we've met with clients that have figured out and buttoned up their Medicare plan, it sure helps us on the financial planning side. And so if you're in that 63, 64, 65 range or retirement, you're knocking on the door, uh, no cost, show up an hour, they'll, they'll be answering questions. And so that, I think that would be a great use of this time. You bet, you bet. 
Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.